Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. Glad you're awake. <laughs> if you get your Bibles tonight, we'll be turning to two scriptures. Uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 to 14. And then we'll jump to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 4. there say amen. Praise the Lord. Exodus 14, 13 to 14 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, and stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever the lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace if we jump to habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 to 4 it says and the lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may that he may run that reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it shall surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to speak on this title, Faith Beyond the Red Sea. Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done for us, Lord, and all that you continue to do in our lives and are going to do, Lord. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, as your word go forth, Jesus. We pray, God, that you would increase our faith, Lord. God, that we'll be able, Lord Jesus, to have faith, God, to move mountains, Lord. Father, to see your will, Lord God, be done in our lives, Lord Jesus, for your glory. We pray. Amen. Um, in Exodus, it's been 400 years of slavery for the children of Israel since the death of Joseph. God prophesied unto Abraham that this was going to happen to his descendants. But after 400 years, God was going to deliver his people and bring them out of affliction. And so the great exodus began when God called Moses out of the burning bush to lead his people out of Egypt. Moses, though he ends up being one of the greatest prophets we see in the Bible, in the beginning he was an average Joe, just like you and me, full of excuses of why he shouldn't be the one to do the will of God. That there were more people more suitable uh, than him. There were more suitable can candidates for God to choose other than him. In the early chapters of Exodus, we see God and Moses go back and forth. God calls Moses out of the burning bush. He says, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am, Lord. And God tells him the place that you that you stand in his holy ground, take off thy sandals. Moses does that. He approaches the Lord and the conversation begins. And the Lord introduces himself to Moses. He says, I am the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Then the Lord said again, for I have, for I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. Uh, the God of God heard their cry. He heard their 
the, their pain that they were going through and the suffering that the Egyptians afflicted upon them. And God tells Moses, I have come and I have chosen you to be the vessel to deliver them out of Egypt to a place that I have prepared for them, a land that flows with milk and honey. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the, oppress- the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Can I say that God hears and he sees everything? God sees your good days and your bad days. God, he, he, God hears when you're jumping for joy, when excitement takes place in your life. And God sees you. He hears you when you cry yourself to sleep. Sometimes we find, our, we find ourselves in circumstances that are so hard to bear. And when we go to his word or when we listen to the preached word uh, and where we see the love of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God, the peace of God, and the joy of God being mentioned and preached to us, where God's promises says that he will give us rest and refuge. And yet in the present, it seems like all these things are far off. These things are far from reality because of our circumstances. I have come to echo the words of the Lord that, that says in Habakkuk, for, this, for still the vision awaits the appointed time. It hastens to the end, it shall not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. It will not delay. In other words, if God says it, he will do it. God will bring it to pass. If God says that he will give us refuge, that we can go in him and have rest, God will give us rest. God says that he will look after us if we seek after his kingdom. God will take care of the things that we that can worry us to sleep. But sometimes it may seem like the situation is for eternity. But God says, just wait. My promise is true. You can trust my word. I will bring to pass your need that you have. And as we heard this morning, God is always in the process of refining us to be like him. And so back to the conversation. God says to Moses, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people out of Egypt. And Moses replies, who am I, Lord, that I should be the one to go to Pharaoh and bring your people out of Egypt? And God said, but I'll be with you. I promise you I will be with you every step of the way. And this shall be the sign for you after, you, I have, after I've sent you, when you shall bring the people out of Egypt and you shall serve me on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people, if I come to, to Israel and They say, and I say to them that the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is, what's the name of this God that you speak of? What shall I say to them? And most of Moses' questions to God were warranted. And God tells Moses, I am who that I am. Say this to the people that I am has sent you. So, and God goes on further to tell Moses to reassure him. That go ahead, gather the elders of Israel. Tell them that the God of their father of Abraham, Jacob and Isaac has sent you. And that he has observed everything that they have been going through. And that God is about to bring about deliverance. And God was going to, God promised that he will bring them out. That he was going to keep the words that he gave to Abraham. And they will listen to your voice. But Moses again, he wanted more reassurance. 
God ends up giving Moses the whole playbook of what was going to happen when you read chapter 3. He told him, you're going to go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to uh, be hard to deal with. But this is what's going to happen. One, two, three. So he gives him all the steps what was going to happen. That God was going to bring his people out with the mighty victory, even though Pharaoh resists. Yet Moses, just like you and I, sometimes lacked faith. And this was Moses' response to God. But God, wait a minute. Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. God didn't speak to you. God didn't have a vision uh, with you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Moses had a stick and said, I have a stick or a staff, sorry. And he says, throw it on the ground. And Moses did. And he turned into a snake. And Moses jumped up. He was afraid of what just happened or what occurred. And God says, pick it up. He did so. And the snake came back to be a road again. God says, put your hand in your cloth. So he put his hand in his garment. He took it out and he was full of leprosy and everything. And then he says, put it back in again. He puts it in. He comes out. And his hand was restored again. And so God gives him uh, two signs. And then God reassures him, if they don't believe these signs that I've given you, go to the Nile River, grab the water. When you throw it on the ground, it's going to turn into blood. But surely these three signs shall persuade the people that I have sent you. And Moses again, he replies to the Lord. Oh Lord, you know what? I'm not quite well spoken. I don't have eloquent of speech. Maybe you should just look for another person. And then the Lord asked Moses, who made men? Who made mouth? Who made people to speak or their death not to hear or eyes that cannot see? And is it not I, says the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And then Moses replies, oh my Lord, please send someone else. And God was very, uh, God was very crossed with Moses. And he said, you know what? I will speak through your, uh, your brother Aaron. And then Moses finally, uh, God was able to persuade Moses and Moses went forth to Egypt. God was truly upset with Moses and we can be quick to criticize and point fingers at Moses, but sometimes we're just like him. God tells us something. God puts a burden on our hearts. He tells us to do this and to do that, but we have logical reasons why we shouldn't, why things shouldn't take place or things might not happen the way we think it should. Humanity has a hard time to truly see beyond his present limitations. And so Moses show, saw his shortcomings. Therefore, he thought that God couldn't work beyond the limits, limitations that he had. Moses had everything laid out for him to do the will of God. Yet he didn't completely believe God that he was able to take him who didn't have it all together and use him for his glory. God is calling us as a church and on an individual level to do his will. Yeah, but only if good God write exactly, write down exactly what we need to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Everything is written in here. Everything is tailor-made for every single one of us. God is able to speak to us through his written word on a personal level of what he wants to do in our lives, what his will is for our lives. Just as he gave Moses instructions of what was going to happen and what he was going to do, 
God has given us his word and everything is written in this book for us to listen to. Everything that we need to know is in the word of God. We need to have faith and obey God without trying to figure out the ifs and the what. God is calling us, in fact I would say, God is daring and challenging us to have faith beyond the present circumstances and situations that we see on, our day, on a daily basis. For God is able. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Be all glory, honor, and praise. We can sometimes quickly refer to this passage and easily be hyped. Yes, God can do everything beyond what we can imagine. And that is a fact. God can do things that we are yet to experience, yet that we can even fathom. But when you read the context of the passage and what Paul was writing to uh, the people in Ephesus, he was encouraging the saints to, uh, the context was is to encourage the saints to continue to walk with God. That the Gentiles are much part of the church as the Jews. And he goes on to talk about all other matters. But when you read and study Paul is writing to the Ephesians, uh, there's two things that stood out to me, or there's two things that Paul emphasized the Lord upon, and that was love and faith. And I believe on these two principles, we are able to see the hand of God move in ways we are yet to experience. Paul says that God is able to do things that are beyond our wildest imagination, according to the power that works in us. That power is referring to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is not only given to us for salvation as part of the new birth, but it's also given to us to accomplish the will of God in our lives. What is the will of God? Matthew 4 and 18. This is the words of Jesus speaking when he was in the synagogue in Nazareth. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And in Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus goes on to say, uh, as part of the Great Commission, he says, says to his disciples and those that were listening to him, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Every one of us has the capacity to fulfill the will of God in our lives. And if you have the Holy Ghost, God has given you the power to do his will. You see, faith, I believe, activates the power of God. And, and the love of God will compel us to create opportunities for that power to be released. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is a must. We must have faith in order to see God. We must have faith in order to experience God. We need faith. Love, on the other hand, will cause us to have compassion towards people. 
Love will cause us to desire the kingdom of God to be, to be established on earth as it is in heaven. There are many occasions where Jesus did miracles. And the Bible says that, we, that when he, he was moved with compassion. And we see that Jesus healed people. Jesus delivered people. Jesus uh, fed the thousands. In Mark chapter 5, we're given the account of Jairus. Who, when his daughter was at the point of death, he sought for Jesus that he may heal her. His love for his daughter compelled him to turn to Jesus. He knew that Jesus was the only one that was able to make his daughter whole again. He didn't turn to the doctors. He didn't turn to the physician. He heard of Jesus. And he knew that Jesus was able to do this. And he had faith that Jesus was going to make her whole. And so, so Jairus finds where Jesus was located. And he talks to Jesus and asks him that my daughter is sick. And I know you're the only person that can heal her. And so Jesus sees the faith in Jairus and he says, all right, take me to your house. Let's go see your daughter. And on their way to Jairus' house, we see that there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And she had seen all doctors and physicians and they couldn't make her better, but they made the situation worse. And so she purposed in herself because she knew that she was ceremonially unclean, that she couldn't really approach anyone, especially Jesus. And there were so many people in the streets trying to get to Jesus, trying to get his attention. But the Bible tells us that she purposed within herself. She had faith that I, I don't have to have him lay his hands upon me. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. And so she pressed through the crowd and did that. And the Bible tells us that virtue came off from Jesus and uh, came upon her, and she was healed immediately. And then Jesus says, who touched me? And his disciples are like, uh, everybody's touching you. Everybody's trying to get to you. What do you mean, who touched me? But Jesus recognized that virtue had gone out of him. And so he turns to the woman. When he asks who touched me, she finally says, it's me. And he says to her, and then he tells her that it wasn't, the fact that you touched the hem of my garment, that you got healed. But because of your faith. Because of her faith in God, in Jesus, she was healed. Without God even laying hands upon her. Or even Jesus saying, be healed. Or your sins are forgiven. But simply because of her faith, that attracted the virtue of God. And instantly, God met her need and she was healed. There was nothing special about the garment of Jesus. I'm sure he was wearing maybe the same cotton that you and I wear. But because of the faith that she had in God, she had a need met. Then Jairus gets to his house and he finds out that his daughter had died. And Jesus tells him, don't let your faith weather, just believe. And so Jesus goes to his daughter and he tells her, arise. And she was awakened from her death. And she was given food to eat. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 to 10, we're given an account of the centurion, a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier. He came to Jesus asking that his servant should be healed. Uh, Jesus says, well, Jesus recognized again there was faith in this man that, that Jesus was able to heal his servant. And Jesus says to him, all right, let's go to your house. And then the, soul, the centurion does something that nobody has ever asked Jesus to do. 
Everybody has gone to Jesus asking him to touch them or to pray for them or to speak to their situation but or to come to them. We see the, the centurion does, sim, does the similar thing as the uh, women of, of issue of blood, a similar faith. He said to Jesus, I am not worthy they should come to my house. I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And he goeth. And to another, come. And he cometh. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to them that followed, Truly I say to you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. The man recognized that had faith that if the spoken word of Jesus was enough to heal his servant. That Jesus didn't have to come all the way to his house to touch his servant or see his servant. But simply by God, by Jesus just speaking the word that his servant was able to be healed. And so his servant was healed in that very hour. If the centurion didn't have love or care for his servant... He wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have gone to all that trouble to seek Jesus out. His love for his servant or his care or compassion towards his servant caused him to break all social norms of his day. And so he forsook his gods and he believed that Jesus was the answer to his problem. He called Jesus Lord. Because back then Romans considered themselves higher than other people. And so for a centurion of status, calling Jesus Lord a Jew, the very, per- the very people that they're conquering was breaking the social norms of his day. But the centurion had faith and he recognized that Jesus was different. There was something about this man, about the things that he's been preaching and the things that he's been doing. And he had faith that Jesus was the only answer to his situation. I strongly believe that God is calling us to have faith in him, to bring to pass things that we can't even begin to comprehend. There are many accounts of people who had faith in God, and many miracles and signs and wonders were done, but there is only a few accounts of people that had faith for God for things that were beyond their imagination, that were beyond their circumstances, and they believed that God was able to do it. In our opening text in Exodus, we see the drastic shift in Moses from what we see in the beginning of Exodus. In the Exodus chapter 3, we see this man that was full of excuses, that just didn't want to do anything. He was enjoying his life in the hills, looking after sheep. But Moses knew from a very young age that God had a call upon his life. And so he attempted to do things uh, in his own way, in his own strength. But we see that that failed. But when the opportunity came, this was commissioned by God to do the very thing that was purposed in him when he was young. We see that there was fear, there was a concern, there was doubt that surely can this truly happen. But God saw and had purposed Moses to deliver his people. In Exodus chapter 14, 12 to 16, we come to the account where the children of Israel had finally left Egypt and they were fleeing to the promised land. And God had done many signs and wonders in Egypt and desolated the place with plagues and death. 
And so the, ex, the Egyptians followed hard after the Israelites to recapture them. And then the people were worried that they will get slaughtered by the Egyptians or that they will get dragged back again into slavery. And so they began to mourn and complain in their fear. And they said to Moses, Is it not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. Such was their fear of their current circumstances that they were unable to look beyond to see that God was able to do what they could even fathom. They had seen the plagues again and again and again. But yet, drastic was their circumstance that they couldn't have the faith to believe God. That he was able to deliver them out of this situation. And Moses, the, man, the very man that had excuses, he stands up in faith and he says to the people, Fear ye not and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. The people had faith to follow Moses all the way. But until they got to, the, to a crossroad, until they got to a circumstance that was hard for them to really grasp, how are we, how are we going to get out of this situation? They couldn't see beyond that. But Moses was able to have faith in God. God didn't tell him, tell these people. This came out of Moses' mouth. Up to then, God was telling him what to say, what to do, what to say. And then we see Moses, out of faith, he speaks and proclaims that God was going to fight for them. That God was going to bring them out of this situation. And the very chariots that they're hearing coming behind them were going to disappear. How that was going to happen, Moses didn't have a clue. But he had faith. He had seen enough. He had been involved enough with God to believe that God was not going to abandon his people halfway through, but God was going to stay true to his word and that God was going to fulfill what he said he would do. Verse 15 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they may go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the mist of the sea. And so Moses, by faith, he lifted up his, his rod and he divided uh, the seas and the people walked through. And when the Egyptians tried to follow after them, God released the, the waters and he swallowed them up. Because Moses had faith beyond the Red Sea. He knew that God was going to deliver his people and bring them to the promised land, as he had said. God is calling us not only just to cry in prayer, but to stand with authority through the Holy Ghost and begin to speak to situations. Have faith in the written word of God. If we lack faith, ask God to increase our faith. We must make room for God to do his will. Somebody said this at a conference, I can't remember what preacher. And I believe that the question that they had was warranted. They said, how many of us come to the house of God anticipating by faith for him to do something? 
How many of us truly come on a, on a Sunday, whether it's Sunday service or a prayer meeting or on a Wednesday or any other times where God's people have come together? How many of us truly have faith and anticipating for God to do something in our midst? That really pricked home for me. Sometimes we just come in routines. We come, we worship, we hear the preaching, and we go home. But how many of us can truly come anticipating, expecting God to move to do something? Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not preaching that we should follow after signs and wonders. I'm sure that's not the intent that the Lord wants us to have. Because God says that signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. God has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same spirit that moved within the apostles that we read about in the Gospels, the same spirit that moved upon the prophets in the Old Testament and the signs and wonders that God did through them and the things that God called them to do, God is able to do in us and through us. Habakkuk 2 and 3. It says... For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass, it will not tarry. If you read the book of Habakkuk, it's a conversation between Habakkuk and God. And Habakkuk was having a hard time to reconcile why God would use a wicked nation, a wicked people, to punish people that are doing right, or some of them. But God tells Habakkuk saying that the vision or the vision is the judgment that will come upon uh, these, uh, the nation of Assyria. And God used uh, Assyria to punish uh, Judah and Israel for their backslidden state and, their, and for them forsaking God. And so Habakkuk was having a hard time reconciling why would God use uh, people that don't know him for his will. But he reassures Habakkuk that just because I'm using them, to chastise you, it doesn't mean that they're going free. But their judgment will come upon them as well. And we see after the conversation uh, that he has with God, Habakkuk begins to praise the Lord in chapter 3. Everything in God's word, it's true. What God says about us, what God says is going to do for us, who he says he is to us, it's all true. And sometimes we, we can come to church, we hear the preaching, we can read the word of God, and it seems like all these things are far from us, but that's far from the truth. But God said in Isaiah 55 and 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it to do. Why don't we stand this evening? I just want to finish with this verse in Isaiah 46, 9 to 11. The Bible says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no one else like me. I am God and there is no one else like me. As we heard here in tongues, God is the answer. There is no one else in this world. There is no one else that we can turn to but God. 
God says in verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a revenant bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will also do it. Why don't we pray this evening? Father, Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray, O oh God, that we may be encouraged, Lord, tonight. Lord God, to have faith in you, Lord, beyond our circumstances, beyond our current situations that we face in life, Lord. But I pray, God, that you'd increase our faith, O oh God, to believe that, God, you are able to do exceedingly above all that which we can think or begin to imagine, Lord. God, as we read your word and as we hear of your promises, oh God, as we hear, Lord God, that you are the joy, that you are our peace, that you are refuge and our rest, that Lord God, when we don't feel like there is no peace in our lives, when we feel like there is no rest, almighty God, that Father, Lord, we are able to take you by your word, Lord God, and wait upon you, Lord Jesus, God, to do what you say you would do. That mighty God, that those that are weary, Lord God, and, lady, and, and heavily laden, Lord God, that if they come to you, Lord, you promise that you would give them rest, Lord Jesus. The Lord, that in your presence, God, that there is fullness of joy. God, I pray, Lord God, tonight, Lord, that you would impart faith in this place. That whatever circumstances that your people are going through, whatever calling, God, that you're calling your people to do, whatever your will is, Lord Jesus. God, that we would have the faith, Lord God, that you are able to do it, Lord Jesus. And that, God, we have everything that we need, mighty God, to see your will accomplished, mighty God, in our lives. In this generation, oh Lord, we pray that, God, you have not changed. That the same but God that we read in the Bible is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah, Jesus.